0: Today, we're talking with Brenda Harrington. Brenda is an author, executive coach, and leadership development facilitator. She helps her clients refine their leadership competencies and develop the professional habits necessary to achieve the greatest impact. Hey, I'm Zachary Alexander, the host of the Subscription Maker Podcast. Welcome to today's conversation. Don't forget to subscribe and check out some of our other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. When I grew up, the quote, unquote, old people used to say there's always something. What would they say about maximizing our potential today? We go from dealing with the great pause, i.e. the pandemic, to another war in Europe, to the resulting inflation. So where do we go for insights into maximizing our impact? So if we got just the expert for you, Brenda, welcome to the Subscription Maker podcast.
1: Thank you, Zachary, thank you for having me and that's quite the tall order.
0: (laughs) What does maximizing impact mean to you?
1: To me, maximizing impact is about adding value, leaving something in better shape than you found it, okay? So doing something to improve circumstances, uh, to create new opportunities and to just overall you know, identify movement of the needle.
0: So what kind of skills are we talking about to get that done?
1: Yeah, it really starts with critical thinking, being willing to ask difficult and challenging questions and engage in difficult conversations in in many cases, Uh, being willing to face conflict and different opinions and point of view head on to reach the most desirable outcome for the collective. It really requires taking a step back from me and really thinking intentionally about we.
0: So could you give us a couple of steps on how we can get started?
1: Yeah, and it it goes back to those questions. Really just being willing to zoom out and and look at things holistically and and not so much from a, a singular point of view. Taking others into consideration uh really thinking about the impact on a larger ecosystem and environment and when people are willing to to ask those questions and maybe engage with people that they don't normally uh interact with uh there's a huge opportunity for learning discovery and awareness
0: so what kind of time frame would we be looking at i mean you you hear You know, most people think that they can just they can just make a snap decision and things automatically get done. So what's realistic?
1: Well, you can always you can do what you want. You can make a snap decision, but it doesn't mean that the world will come along with you. It doesn't mean that your team and your your employees will come along with you. And so, you know, when you're looking at meaningful change, you're probably looking at at least six to 12 months on a small scale and for larger changes. When we talk about culture change and things like that, which we're really focusing on a lot now because nobody knows where they are anymore. Let's be honest, Uh, you know, probably talking about 18 months to two years.
0: Brenda, what does it mean to be an executive coach?
1: Wow, being an executive coach uh, means having the gift, the, the privilege, to share a very sensitive, and I'll say even tender space with individuals and and in some cases, teams, in many cases, teams, to really help them get to the best version of themselves and who they can be.
0: How does that differ from being a facilitator?
1: You know, I think it's facilitation more as uh, orchestration. You you function very much like a, a conductor. And you're trying to get to a desired outcome. And you're trying to you're trying to simplify things, basically. you're you're interpreting the different opinions and points of view of many, and you're trying to uh, reconcile that or distill that in, into something that can lead to an outcome. Coaching is very different. Coaching uh, is not easy. It's something that requires uh, difficult work uh difficult facing difficult realities in some cases and it really requires the clients to do the work and engage in a very deep level Uh, coaching takes places to people people to places uh that in some cases they're not ready to go places they didn't know existed and and places that is tough to go to but but there is there's such value on the other side, when, you, when you're willing to do the work, when you engage in a meaningful way, and uh, you, you, you take on the tough challenges.
0: Okay, so tell me about Adaptive Leadership Strategies.
1: Adaptive Leadership Strategies is a learning organization that helps people to get to the best version of themselves. Uh, I rarely, if ever, use the term training because we don't train anyone to do anything, but we create spaces for people to learn and discover and develop. And so we do focus uh, quite a bit on executive coaching, but we also facilitate uh, other types of interventions uh, to help leaders get to the best possible outcomes, as I say. And in the environment that we're in now, uh it it really uh is a time that most organizations certainly many of our clients are are in a period of discovery you know it's 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 like it's the first day for everyone and it's very exciting for the people who are willing to engage at that level
0: i should say so you talked about outcomes what kind of outcomes can your clients expect uh you to be able to get for them or with them
1: so the clients they can expect to get for themselves when they're willing to do the work uh, you know with our, with our support is uh, greater confidence is is something that that uh, that shows up fairly often even if it's not articulated. Uh, certainly uh, better ability and capacity to interact on a personal level with other people, development of a capacity for influence. Uh, we're still, you know, making our way along that continuum from authority to influence when we talk about leadership, right? And so, discovering the the power of of influence and and just really making meaning of what is possible when we focus on the relationships and we get the people part right.
0: Okay, so I've seen some some talks and, and some references to your, your strategy and your, your strategy making and your, your futuristic uh, uh, way of looking at things. So tell me, where do you see leadership coaching going in the next five to 10 years? Well,
1: uh, I think that people are just beginning to come into uh, the realization of, of the power of coaching, you know, understand the power of coaching. Uh, And and that honestly has been one of the uh, advantages or gifts of COVID (laughs) because a lot of people uh, have found themselves in this now what position, okay, now what do I do, all right? And uh, it really has opened up uh, the the minds and the eyes of, of many to really, uh, recognizing that it's time to take a different approach. So over the next five to ten years, you know, as as we move into this new space or new spaces, because it won't just be one. I mean, this will continue to morph, right? I think people are really beginning to embrace the fact that we. It's important for us to be lifelong learners. Uh, it's important for us not to commit to a a there a destination and and really focus on the journey and how we improve and and course correct, and do the things we need to do along the way to make the most of every meaningful moment.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna throw a little curveball at you. I speak a lot and talk a lot about uh, the creator economy mm-hmm. where people are having to to create things on their own. you know it's the side hustle, it's it's content creation that turns into a business. How do you think coaching will impact that world? Uh, enormously, because when I
1: think of the barriers people perceive, people perceive, you know, when they're thinking about making a change or making a move or going out on their own, uh, and the the impact that that has on on stifling creativity, and really uh, preventing people from from really getting to something that could be very meaningful for them, right? Coaching is is one way. I, I'll, I'll hold back from saying the way, but coaching is one way that really helps people to understand, you know, themselves more with more clarity and 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 think differently about uh, their capabilities
0: and and what life holds for them. Okay, so let's shift gears a little bit, Brenda. Uh, I notice you don't have a customer facing login on your website so i wanted to ask you how did you escape the 2020 trek to online yeah you know i it's not it's not where our customers
1: come from it's not where our clients come from most of our clients are uh generated from referrals you know from past performance from 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 previous opportunities cultivated over time i'm very grateful for that and so uh you know while people do uh explore the website and things like that. Uh, you know, occasionally we'll receive inquiries, you know, from people who who want to start conversations, but that's not where most of our our relationships are generated.
0: So, did you have to pivot at all during 2020?
1: <laughs> yes, I. Uh, so, at the start of uh, the pandemic, about 40 to 50 percent of our work was virtual because we we work so much with with people globally, and so uh, you know that other fifty percent had to come over, of course. We had to redesign some programs uh, that were intended to be facilitated and conducted in person. We had to redesign those for digital delivery it's it's quite different um, and and we needed to find more hours in the day, quite frankly, very grateful, <laughs> but uh, you know that 24 hour a day thing wasn't working so well for us, particularly uh, in that second quarter of 2020. And so we, we found our way to to regulating that and, and making things work, but but the big pivot was was transitioning programs from face to face to virtual delivery.
0: So what did that process look like for you? I mean, who do you talk to?
1: I talked to colleagues, other other coaches, uh, organization development professionals, learning and development professionals, and we just, you know, what are you doing? What's working? You know, what's not working? What could work better? Listening to what client challenges were because there were many organizations and I'll say are many organizations that just don't believe that a virtual program, a virtual learning experience can have the impact that a a a face-to-face, uh experience can have in a ballroom or a conference room or whatever and uh you know many have been pleasantly surprised that it's that it's you know the opposite in some cases uh there are a lot of wonderful tools that enable people to engage and and game and do things online that you really cannot do in person and i think for some people who might have been reticent to engage uh it, it created a space for them to be more forthcoming And so, uh, you know, it's it has not been all
0: bad. Brenda, I noticed that you have a lot of tools that you describe on your website. How do you decide which tool to use, which assessment tool to use?
1: Yeah, one of the one of the really special things, I'll say one thing that's very important to me is that we don't take anything off the shelf. And so everything that we do is tailored to client needs and desired outcomes we begin with the question about the end, what does success look like for you, okay? And at the end of this engagement, you know, what will have made this uh, a value for you, successful for you? And so it really is based on what the client wants to achieve. Uh, and then we, we reverse engineer, if you will, to determine you know, which uh, assessment or instrument might, might work.
0: So, how do you get their attention? I mean, you're dealing with busy uh, professionals and executives every day. How do you get their attention? It goes back
1: to that question about the outcome and, and really talking about the proposition and contracting around that proposition. And so if you tell me that, you know, you there are particular things that you want to achieve in, you know, over the next year, there's a uh, a new position that you have your eye on and you're trying to develop the competencies for that role and just really focusing on the areas that will that will help you to to achieve that outcome that is something that people can relate to it's all about the client it's not about us
0: so now that you've got their information and you know what they're they're trying to achieve you start to make suggestions, you start to ask them questions. How do you get them to make, you know, small changes that they may be resident uh, res- uh, not really want to do? How do you get them to make those small changes to get the ball rolling?
1: Incrementally, you know, there's always something you can start with. It's kind of like putting bro- uh, cheese on a child's broccoli. <laughs> you know. And, and so we start uh, on a very small scale uh with with behavioral practices that they can incorporate into what they're doing Uh, it's part of our agreement there's a there's a coaching agreement and as i said earlier you know this is this is not training it's it's something that relies on the client to do the work and if you want that outcome then you know it really is necessary for you to take these steps they typically can begin to experience changes and value early on albeit small But, but, but once they see that it works, you know, then, then you have buy it.
0: Yeah. As we start to wrap up, Brenda, is there anything you wish more people would ask you?
1: Yes. I, I wish people would ask, you know, what, what can I do? You know, uh, what are the possibilities for me, you know, uh, where do you see that I have an opportunity to, to you know, make a, make a shift that would, that would be meaningful, as opposed to always looking externally. It's very difficult to look in that mirror and it's very difficult for people to be reflective, uh, particularly if, if they have been successful, you know, based on, their success is based on external outcomes and metrics and measurements, so, so really asking those personal questions.
0: So Brenda, what can I do to achieve the greatest impact?
1: Really, uh, zooming out to to think about your space, and you know, trying to look down the runway a bit and and think about you know what the possibilities might be. None of us has a crystal ball, but really creating scaffolding that holds a space for you to experiment. We're all in a big Petri dish right now, honestly. And so, you know, being willing to stretch and take some risks, asking yourself, what's the worst that can happen? What's the best that can happen? And if you're okay with that first question, then really, you know, coloring outside the lines a bit, being more curious, being more creative, uh, thinking more toward innovation and assessing those results along the way.
0: So here's my, my, My uh, quest, the question I asked to try to uncover some things. So, do you have anything coming down the pipeline that you that you feel comfortable telling us about? Anything new?
1: Well, I don't know if it's coming down the pipeline. It hit the pipeline over the last couple of months, uh, which is my I'm talking about my first book, uh, which is called "Access Denied: Addressing Workplace Disparities and Discrimination." It's a compilation of stories. It's not. It's not fiction. It's a compilation of actual stories uh, contributed by uh, people who have experienced, had interesting experiences in the workplace. I'll put it that way, and uh, it's more than a book. It's a. It's. It's a reflective journal. There are a lot of uh, behavioral and reflective questions that are provided to help people work through and really examine and and reevaluate some of the things that they've experienced uh, with a view toward being able to address them differently if if they continue to account encounter the same circumstances and so uh we're working on a series of of, uh forums and, and and other activities in connection with that work and i'm really excited about that
0: no squeeze page yet right no way for us to follow that work, right? Or is there a way to follow it, to follow the development of the of that work?
1: Yes. So uh, you can follow it. Well, there's always updates on the book headstone website. It's access-denied.net, and you can find me on Instagram at author b harrington.
0: Okay. So is that the best way to follow you on Instagram?
1: Yes, uh, also on LinkedIn, uh, most of, most of the, uh, the information on LinkedIn is tied to adaptive leadership strategies, but they're cousins, so uh, you can certainly follow me on LinkedIn, uh, our company page, as well as the personal page. Uh, but Instagram is probably where you'll see most of the information uh, about, about what's happening with Access Denied.
0: Brenda, thank you for joining us on the Subscription Maker Podcast. Thank you for having me. This is your host Zachary Alexander, please join us next time as we talk about what it takes to run a small subscription business.